Hello, you are listening to Virtually Legal. We are your hosts. My name is Molly. And mine's Abby. And in this week's episode, we are speaking to Saoirse O'Dee from Sherman Sterling about her training contract experience. As a law student, so much emphasis is put on the application process and it can be really easy to lose sight of what comes after that. I definitely have a lot of questions about the training contract process as I'm due to start in 2022. So without further ado, let's jump in and welcome Saoirse to the studio. Um, so my name is Saoirse. Um, I did a dual Irish French law degree. So I did a master's in Paris in public international law. And then I started my training contract uh, a year ago, nearly exactly a year ago. Um, and my first seat was in project finance in the Singapore office. And my current seat is in international arbitration in the London office. So we wanted this episode to focus on kind of trainee tips. That's going to be the title of the episode and things that you can do to make yourself stand out as a trainee. Because as I said in the introduction, everyone always talks about how to make your application stand out. But I feel like then by the time you actually get to the training contract, it's a bit like, what? What do I do? <laughs> you me how to do this. And obviously it's very different to doing your undergrad. It's perhaps similar to doing your LPC, but I do think it's something that's not spoken about enough. So Saoirse, starting from the very beginning, when you started your training contract, how did that work? Did you have much of an induction? How do you feel the firm supported you? Yeah, so obviously I started everything virtually, um, which was not really what I expected. I didn't expect to be sitting at home in my pajamas on my <laughs> first day at the at Sherman, but uh, such is the way. So we had um, we have professional skills uh, course electives first. I think those were in August. It was like a week with with um, University of Law of like public speaking classes and presentation skills. And then after that, we had a full week of an induction week where we had a call from kind of several partners, overview of different departments, introduction to HR, PAs, other support departments. Um, we had talks on kind of career development, the training contract path, the path to partner, um, and just kind of a lot of other other talks about legal research, IT training, things like that. So I think, especially your first your first few weeks, you really have no idea how to use anything, like <laughs> the document management systems or anything. So those talks are all really important, just so you can kind of get your start with the uh, hit the ground running, as they say. So yeah, that really makes sense, and I guess it just sort of eases you into when you start your seat. You kind of have, I guess a better expectation of what they want at least professionally and then you can sort of find out what they want um i guess i don't want to say legally but legally and commercially so, so how do you actually know once you've um been allocated your seat how do you actually know what you're doing <laughs> so i mean i think the handover kind of works very it's sort of an, quite informal i mean i've had i've had one and a half handovers the first I mean, the person didn't really have anything to hand over to me because there wasn't much work in the department at the time. And the second handover, the person ended out of the trainee set, like stayed in the seat for a year as opposed to six months. So he kind of explained what was going on in the seat, but didn't really hand anything over to me. Um, whereas I've I've given, I gave a handover for my last seat. Um, but I mean, that's kind of an informal process and it's very, up, it's very much up to you to get in touch with the trainee who was in your seat previously um, and kind of ask you know what the situation is usually that's helpful because they can tell you some sort of tips about supervisors let you know what they like or don't like 
Um, and then you also have a call with your supervisor. So you'll have a supervisor in every seat that you're working in. Um, and they can be either hands-on hands on or hands-off. Um, I've had two very hands-off supervisors, which has suited me very well because I've kind of preferred to give, be given the freedom to kind of look for my own work. Um, but it really is a kind of, I guess I hadn't really realized that before I started the seat because I think in the LPC, you're really very spoon-fed and they kind of tell you exactly what you need to do and when you need to do it by. Whereas when you start the training contract, I mean, in, at least in my firm, I kind of realized that a lot of it was down to my own personal kind of what I wanted to do. So it's 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 up to you to reach out to people and ask about the seat. It's up to you to reach out to your supervisor and say, hey, you know, give me some more work, give me less work. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, there's always support there available to you, but you do have to kind of, I mean, some some departments, I think, have more structured actual sort of training programs but smaller departments don't so mm. you don't really get like a you don't really get like a powerpoint presentation of like this is what you'll be doing in every you know every week unfortunately <laughs> um it's kind of a lot more relaxed I think but you would recommend like a couple of weeks perhaps before you start a new seat to contact people that are currently doing it and find out kind of what's going on definitely yeah I contact this trainee who's currently sitting in the seat and then also perhaps like an NQ who works in that seat or previous trainees, you know, some seats there as well. I think the more people you speak to, the better, because you'll find that pretty much every trainee in that seat will have a similar experience to you. So it's really helpful to know if, you know, oh, be careful with this associate because they like their work done, especially, you know, especially neat or whatever it is. It's just handy to have little kind of tips from those people who are doing those jobs, the job that you're doing as well. Mm. And if, if worst comes to worst, you've done your best with the handover and you're still like, oh my goodness, I don't know what's going on. Is there a kind of support structure in place or like who would you reach out to to say, help, SOS? Yeah, so I mean, I would reach out to an NQ because that's just been my experience so far. I found the NQs in both seats that I've been in just incredibly helpful, incredibly kind. You know, I, I've, I've, said, I've cried to them before just over stress or whatever, or kind of confusion it's in my session, my first seat, because I was working for the Singapore team. And obviously I was working kind of a bit, the hours were a bit crazy. Um, so there was an NQ who had previously done that seat as a trainee and she was just so helpful. Like she'd take your call anytime, whenever you wanted. She was always, she would message me out of nowhere and say, hey, how are you? Do you want to chat? Like she was so great. Um, so I think it's about making those those kind of contacts. And then also, you know, on top of that, you can always go to HR if you're stressed. So, or if you're confused or if you're, you know, whatever the problem is. HR, are, you know, they're, I mean, that's their job really is to kind of look after you, make sure you're okay. And I find that HR in my firm anyway are, are really, really helpful. I talk to them quite a lot, just, you know, just about like various things. If you have any concerns, if you have any worries, any any aspirations, like they all know about like my, how much I want to do international arbitration. The HR people like know me quite well because it's such a small intake. So it's, you, ha- you have support systems, but I think it is definitely about putting your hands up and saying, hey, you know, can <laughs> can someone please help me out here? Do you think that small intake has made much of a difference to the kind of like relationships that you have perhaps? I really do. And I think I was I was thinking about this recently because um, my best friend is in a different firm where there are a lot more um, trainees and she was doing the, she's actually qualifying this year, which is very exciting. And she was going through the quality process. And so, so for them, they have to have interviews with every, everywhere they want to qualify, they interview with a the partner there. And for us, 
that's not a thing at all. So we don't do an interview when we want to qualify. And I think it it must be because they have like, I don't know, 80 trainees per year, whereas we have 13 trainees. So it would be so bizarre. I mean, I know the partners that I've worked with very well because you know, there's there's only 12 or 13 trainees. I mean, excuse me, there are 12 to 13 trainees per year. So there are like, you know, 24 trainees altogether. But they would know you very well. Whereas I think if you were in an intake with 60 other trainees, you would kind of maybe get lost in the crowd a small bit, or at least it'd be easier to get lost in the crowd. I've definitely heard of people, like comparisons being drawn between big and small intakes, where if you have a really big intake, it can often be quite easy to start becoming like competitive with the other like with the other trainees and perhaps like fighting for attention because yeah you're not there's not like as much work for you to be getting on with independently of the other trainees oh definitely I mean it's I think so in my currency there are two or three trainees because we're currently quite um quite understaffed just a few people left recently so we've quite a lot of trainees at the moment but usually there would only be one trainee in my previous department there was only one trainee obviously in pdf singapore and then in even in a big group such as finance or project finance or MA, although there would be more than one trainee there would really only be one trainee per kind of area so you'd have maybe one trainee in leverage finance you know or one trainee in um restructuring you know so so really you tend to be either the only trainee or one of two or three trainees but you all have different supervisors and therefore very different work streams so I don't really feel like I've ever had to you know fight for work with a trainee or I've, I've ever I've never had any kind of competition with trainees I, I and I hate competition it really stresses me out so I really just I really like kind of like joy love peace everyone getting along so I think that's definitely a benefit I mean I really don't feel like there's ever any kind of crossover between my work and other trainees work which I do appreciate. Um, and also I, I've met someone recently um, who joined the firm from a different, from um, a larger firm. And he was really confused at the beginning because he was like, you know, um, in my last firm, we had all these kind of teams of people who could do kind of smaller tasks for us. Whereas because we're so slim, like we're such a slim team, um, which is probably one of the reasons why the salaries are quite high and, and all that. Um, we don't really have like we have support we have lots of support but we don't have like you know a team of trainees to kind of do all the minute ta- admin tasks for us we have to kind of do everything ourselves which does mean that you kind of end out I mean it's it can be hard work but it also means that you get a lot of responsibility quite early on I think mm, yeah you take ownership of like the whole process rather than yeah. just like drafting something and then like handing it off at the last minute um, so we've spoken a lot about kind of how independently you work. How does that tie in with the feedback you get? Like how often are you getting feedback? What's the nature of it? Yeah, so we have um, a sort of a formal feedback process and then an informal one, I would say. So the formal one is we have a mid-seat review and an end-of-seat review. Um, so I've had a mid-seat review, my end-of-seat review, you know, it, 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 the name is, is pretty clear. <laughs> so um, the mid-seat is quite is quite is pretty relaxed I mean it'll be with a member of HR and then your supervisor and then maybe a partner um, and then the end of seat review is a bit more formalized you kind of have you know you get like a document with everyone's feedback collated into a nice sort of two-page document about about you and about your work which is a little bit stressful but you know usually it's usually it's fine um, throwback like getting like a report from school or something yeah yeah it yeah. is a bit like that because you get scored you know so they they have different categories of 
kind of what you need to be good at. So like, you know, drafting or kind of client communication or whatever it is. And they'll give you kind of a, I mean, the score isn't a one, two, three, but it's a, I can't remember what it is, like exceeds expectations kind of, kind of scale. Yeah. It's a little bit stressful, but I mean, it's, you know, it's there to help you. And I do find that it's not as daunting as it originally seemed. Like I was so worried for my first one that it was completely fine and everyone's very nice. So you have that that process and then you also have sort of what I would call an informal process, which is just sort of kind of, I guess, asking for feedback, which I do a lot. Um, so I will often, like I really, especially in the current seat that I'm in now, because I'm in my second seat, I think I've kind of gotten the hang of it a bit more. I definitely ask for feedback quite a lot from the people I'm working with. So if I've done a piece of work, especially a substantial piece of work for someone, I will often, you know, have a call with them, go through things. I will often ask a lot of questions when I'm writing my cover email to a document I'm sending or whatever. I'll often put down things that I was maybe unsure about and then the reasoning behind why I chose to opt for a certain a certain direction instead of another direction. And I'll ask them for, mm. you know, for some advice. Last night I got like I got a an email giving me like some some feedback points just out of nowhere because I'd done a piece of work and she was like, hey, some general points. And I'm going to talk to my the person about that today as well. So I think it's it's kind of up to you. I mean, like I definitely I know that lawyers um and I've gotten I've been that's been pointed out to me in my in my reviews that they really appreciate when you ask for feedback because they think that it, it does show that you're interested, that you actually want to improve. But you know, as trainees, we're always going to make mistakes. Like I definitely make mistakes and I kick myself afterwards and I'm like, why did I do that? But it is important. I mean you're only training and obviously you're training so that's the whole point of having a supervisor and having these reviews so I do think that while you're in the training contract you may as well use the fact that we get this like you know quote-unquote free feedback (laughs) as much as possible um so in addition to um kind of like actively seeking out your own feedback obviously like you said it is a training contract it's not a walk in on the first day and know everything type situation so there are going to be things times where you don't get everything perfect but what do you think you can do as a trainee to make sure that people are kind of like impressed by the effort that you're putting in and what are some things that you think help you to stand out okay so the first thing and like the biggest thing and something that I just recently didn't do (laughs) so it's very much top top of my mind is attention to detail now I know everyone says that and it sounds so easy to say and you're kind of thinking oh yeah that's that's fine I can just pay attention that's fine when you're working so hard and you have a million different tasks at the same time and you're under deadlines and under pressure and trying to get things out and people are relying on you um it can be so easy to miss like a typo or just some sort of very very especially transactional seats I think because transactional seats are very like fast paced it's like get you're trying to get documents out as as quickly as possible and it can be so easy and we've all done it so many times just to miss like the most basic thing like a name somewhere or you Mm. know uh, I don't even even like accidentally having the wrong font size that like to you you can't see it because you're so tired and you're you know you're reading things quickly but the next person who looks at it will see it straight away those things are, are quite embarrassing, I would say. And I think that like they do happen to every tree, <laughs> myself included, many a time. But it's something that if you can kind of iron that out, it would be really, really, really noticed. Because every single, I remember my first um my first review, it was it was really great. Like everything was they were really nice to me. But one of the things was it was attention to detail. So I think that if you can if you can impress on that point they will be a bit blown away because every trainee makes little small mistakes. So if you can kind of cut those out, that would be a really, really great thing. The next thing 
I think just to be asked more questions because that shows one that you're interested in the work you're doing, um, which, you know, you don't want to come across kind of uninterested or like you're just sort of doing it because just because. Um, so ask some questions. And then two, it shows that you're really putting a lot of thought into the work product that you hand over. Um, so I, I've started doing that a lot more recently um, because I've noticed that when I ask more questions before doing the task, the task obviously is better. <laughs> I do it better because I know I have more like more of an idea of what they expect from me. And then the last thing would be, um, I think the biggest point is the, the time when you make the most mistakes would be the times where you're stressed out. And I think in that case, like I've picked up meditation. So, <laughs> so I mean, if, you know, if you're, if you're into like headspace or something, I think it's really important to relax because that will help you slow you down and not be kind of frazzled, throw, sending things off left, right and center that have mistakes in it. You know, the best thing you can do is kind of like, take take a chill pill <laughs> a proverbial chill pill and just like remember that like it'll be okay if you send it out in five minutes just read it over one more time once again thank you to our wonderful guests for coming on the episode today and to all the other trainees that we spoke to the biggest thing to highlight from today's episode is that you can create your own feedback opportunities Ask for informal feedback on the work you produce and explain to your supervisor why you decided to execute the task in that way. Secondly, it's up to you to make the most of your handovers. Contact as many people, whether it be trainees or NQs from the department and find out how others on the team like to work. Lastly, attention to detail is key. Reweed the work an extra time. It will make a memorable difference. And also don't forget to comment and let us know what you think. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode.